Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. Good morning. Good. Hey, um, what I want us to do to start out, I want everybody to just take a deep breath, okay? And then let it out. Right? Feels good, doesn't it? Let's take another one. And let it out. I could literally do this all day. I think I will, right? That's what we do, right? We breathe. Did you know that uh, in general, we can go three weeks without food? We can go three days without water. We can go three minutes without air before it starts really doing something to us. Not so good. So we breathe, right? When we get panicked, what do we tell people to do? Take a breath, right? Why? Because it gets oxygen in your brain. It kind of calms you down. So breathing's a good thing. In fact, to the inability to breathe or the threat that we might not be able to breathe, that's what can bring on panic, can't it? It can get really kind of uh, bad if you think that there's anything that would get in the way of your breathing. That's why, so in Genesis 1, where it talks about God creating the earth, and it says that the earth was formless and void, and there was water everywhere, but it wasn't, it wasn't like we know it. It was like unbounded. It was, it was undefined. And that's a really unsettling, kind of a threatening uh, image for us, because if there's water everywhere, what can you not do? Breathe. That's why we don't live underwater, because we can't breathe, and that's part of it. So in Genesis, it says that God took the, the uh, he made this space between what it says uh, there were waters above and waters below, but in between was this space where we could live, where we could breathe, because that's important to us. You know, but the only other thing that's probably panicky, you know, that can bring on panic just along with not being able to breathe is if you have, if that space becomes too enclosed, right? And then you begin, able to, you begin to think, maybe I can't breathe because it's just too tight in here. So you put those two things together and that gets really bad. Well, that's where we left Jonah last week, wasn't it? Right? He's in this tight, dark space and he can't breathe and he's surrounded by two to three feet of water, right? Because we, we heard about how he got thrown overboard off this ship into the ocean in the midst of this major, this major storm that was going on. And then uh, likely he, he, can't, he can't swim, so he sinks to the bottom. He gets swallowed by a fish. So there he is. He's in this tight, pitch black space. Can't, can't breathe, can't see anything. He's under, just surrounded by water everywhere, surrounded. Um, that is a panicky environment, isn't it? That'd be a horrible place to be. And that's where he is. That's where we're gonna pick him up. So stand with me. We're gonna look at Jonah 2, verses one through six, and then verse nine. But stand with me as we look at God's word. This is God's word. So have your, anytime we read God's word, I just hope that you, you make sure that your heart, that your ears are open to hear what God might have to say. Because he may have something to say through what I say, or he may have something to say completely different than what I'm saying. But this is God's word, and he's always speaking to us. This is Jonah 2, 1 through 6, and verse 9. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. And he said, listen to this prayer. This is great. I cried out in my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I cried out for help from the depths of what seemed like the very domain of the dead. And you heard my voice. For you had cast me into the inescapable depths of the ocean, the very heart of the sea. The current swallowed me up. The powerful breakers and massive rollers crashed over me. 
so that I had come to the conclusion that I had been driven so far, I was even out of your sight. Water engulfed me to the point that I should have died. The great deep churned me around so that seaweed wrapped around my head. And I went down, 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 it seemed to the very roots of the mountains where I shut off from any hope of ever returning to the land of the living, shut off, shut in by the gates of the sea. But even from that pit, O oh Lord my God, you rescued me. Salvation is from the Lord. Have you ever been in a place in your life where it just seemed that everything, I mean, it was a place of panic, not just a place of worry, right? Not just a place of concern, but I, this place where everything was coming unglued. Everything was overwhelming and it wasn't getting better, it was getting worse. There were no good options. Nothing made sense. Have you ever been in a place like that? Because when we get there, what we wanna know is God where are you, right? Where is God in that moment? What is he up to in those times in our lives when it seems like we are so far, we're so, it's like we're even out of his sight. And we wanna know where, where is God during that, that time? This morning's sermon is titled, When Everything is Underwater. Father, this morning, there may be some people here. There may be some people in this room. There may be some people who are online this morning who feel like that is right where they are. Or it may be that in the next weeks, some of us here are going to enter those times that our life just becomes, it just seems to unravel right in front of us. Every time we try to grab hold of it, it's like grabbing hold of water. It just slips through our fingers. There's nothing to grab onto and Father, in those times, we need to know. We need to know what you're up to. We need to know where you are. So Father, I pray that you would speak to us this morning, that you would, uh, those of us who, we may be going into those kind of times, and I know those, those times when we are in life, those times are gonna hit. All of us are going to face something like that at some point. And so Father, we need to know. So I thank you for your word. I thank you for the story of Jonah that just that you speak so much that we need to know. That we will need to know in those times and you speak that through the story. So Father, speak to us this morning. We pray this for your glory, for your work in us, for the name of your son, by the power of your spirit. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. So when I was in high school, our youth group, we had a, uh, we had a youth retreat one year. Uh, it was in the spring, and uh, it was up in the mountains. And uh, unfortunately, I had to work that day, and so um, I had to work past the time when they were going to leave. And so uh, they headed off to the mountains, and, and I had borrowed a truck from a friend, and I drove up later. So I drove up later, and I got there, and it was dark. And this is up in the mountains, and so it was really dark by the time I got there. So I, I turned off, I finally found the road, I turned off and it was this long drive that goes back into the camp and I started driving down this dirt road. Well, what I didn't know was that this dirt road had become a mud road during the day as the snow had melted off and so I got about 200 feet in there and I, I got stuck. So here I am, dark, it's stuck. Uh, this is in days before cell phones so I can't, can't just kind of 
pull out the phone and call somebody and, and I'm in this and, and it's cold and it feels like, you know, in my mind, you know, it's, it's the temperature's plummeting. You know, I, I just know it. And so in my mind, I'm convinced, you know, I'm, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die right here. They're gonna find my frozen corpse in the morning. It's gonna be a real bummer for the, you know, it was gonna be a great retreat until, you know, somebody died on it. That just seems to put a damper on retreats. And so, you know, so I'm just up on the hood of this truck and I'm just laying there staring up into this beautiful sky, you know, but staring up, crying out in my distress to the Lord, you know. <laughs> well, the reality of this was, was it was springtime. So the temperatures weren't gonna get that low, you know. <laughs> The, the truth was I wasn't going to freeze to death. The, the reality was I had a truck, you know. I could sit in the truck. I wasn't going to freeze it. The reality was I had a flashlight. I could literally walk to the camp if I would just, I was a little too lazy for that, right? I was, I was, hoping, I was hoping God would save me easier than that, right? I was hoping somebody might just drive by on this, you know, place that nobody drives by at night and find me. And, and the, the, the true saving grace was this, was right across the highway, there was a house. And I'd seen the, I'd seen the Porsche light on as I had turned into this driveway. So the, the truth was, was that all I needed to do was walk across the highway and go ask to use the phone. I could call the camp. Um, but again, I wanted God to save. Have you guys ever done that? You want God to just save you easier than that? You know, you don't want to have to do any work. You want God to just kind of somehow pluck you up and drop you in the camp or something like that. So I'm sitting there. And so... That, that ended up being how I got saved, right, uh, uh, in that situation. I, I got my lazy tail off the hood of that truck, walked a couple of hundred feet and borrowed their phone, and somebody came and picked me up. So really what that had to do with, in all my distress, that was a little bit of my, you know, my over-dramatic uh, kind of mind going, going haywire. Now, um, that may be true in that situation, but I do know that sometimes in life, that's not the case. It's not that easy, is it? There are some, some of you that might wrestle with anxiety disorders that go way deeper than that. They have roots that go way down. They may go past just you into generations that have been handed down to you. That they, it regularly comes up and it just wrecks, you know, just wrecks your life. Some of you guys might, might be in a situation right now where you're, uh, just everything's coming unraveled and you're just, everything you grab onto, it just kind of slips away. It's just like grabbing a string and you don't have anything left. As some of you guys have, may have faced or, or have had to face death itself. And in those kind of times, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot bigger than just kind of an, an overactive imagination. There's a reality to that, that, that it makes us wonder, it makes us wonder, God, where are you? And it can make us feel like, it can make us feel like actually we're so far from God that he can't even see us anymore. And some of you guys have been in that, in that kind of a, a situation. That's where Jonah was. That's where Jonah was just prior to him praying this prayer. So when we get in those situations, the type of prayer that we usually pray is we pray, God, why? And we're not saying, God, why did this happen? We know why that happened. The world's broken, things happen, we get that. But God, why did you let me get here? Right, isn't that more the question that we ask? God, why didn't you divert my path so I didn't end up here? I know why this, you know, this problem happened, but why did you let me 
get here in the midst of this. And so when we're asking God that, the reason we ask him that is because we know if God has a purpose for what he's doing, I can put up with a lot, right? If, if I know that God is working something in me that I need, and he's, but he's still there, I can, I can endure some pretty horrendous kind of circumstances if I know that God is at work. And so we ask God, why? Why? Why did you let me get here? I believe that this story of Jonah has been passed down to us over the centuries. I believe it's been passed down. And part of the reason that it's a favorite is because it begins to answer some of these questions. And it can be one of those stories that answers these questions when we find ourselves in those type of places, those places where our everything is underwater. And we're praying that prayer of God, why? Why did you let me get to this place? So what do we find in Jonah? Well, I think in Jonah, there are several things that, that are, come out of this story that give us a reason of why does God let us get into those spaces? First of all, Jonah, <clears throat> we find that Jonah, and, and we, we touched on this last week, but Jonah's character, his current character, his, his best thinking, right? His, his highest, uh, the, the things that he valued, his, his highest priorities in that moment they were what got him to the place he was. And that's how it always goes, isn't it? it? My best thinking has brought me to where I am in my life. And I talked about that last week, that if God wants me to get past that, he's gonna have to get something in me better than my best, right? And so he wants to bring us beyond that. And so God knew that, God knew Jonah needed to be better than he was. In fact, God knew that Jonah was created to be better than he was. And not just better than he was in himself, but beyond even himself. In fact, God knew that if Jonah would just take a moment and reflect on it, he wanted to be better than he was. Because the reality is, is all of us have this deep, this calling inside of us where we know, we know so often that we are called to do most so much more and, and do so much better than the things, than chasing after the things that we currently settle for, the currently that we're pursuing. We know that there's, there's more than that. We know that we were made for better than that. But God knew that if he is going to get Jonah past that current character, past where he is, he knew that he had to, to get him past his best thinking and past his, these things he had as his priorities, is something was gonna to have to change. He was going to have to undo some things. Sometimes it's only when we hit the bottom that we're actually able to make the changes that we have to make. It's only when we don't have all the things in our current life, we try and guard the things that are precious to us and keep things intact, right? And so it's only when things come completely unraveled that God, we're at a place that we can actually start rebuilding in a way that's different than how things already are. Because we're not protecting anything anymore. There's nothing more to protect. We're at the end. And so here's Jonah. That's where Jonah was in the belly of that whale. God brought him to a place where he could rebuild him into something he wasn't already currently because that's what had got him where he was. Does that make sense? So it's in those places that we find that there are things in our lives that we were lacking something. 
And God wants to fill those gaps. He wants to make us all that he intended us to be. The second thing that we find in Jonah, though, is that not only do we find that there are gaps, but there also, there is a brokenness within us. It's not just a gap, but it's an active kind of a, uh, there's sin. We're just in rebellion. You know, Jonah, uh, when he's in the fish, he was forced to face the fact that he was, he was broken, he was sinful. It, it, you know, he was, I, I, last week we saw that Jonah was seen in his day as kind of a celebrity. He was kind of seen as a superstar, right? It was in the belly of the whale that he, he came to see that, you know what, you know what had brought him here? He's like, what got me here? Well, he was running from God. He was being disobedient. He was, he was not doing the things that God told him to do. He was doing the very things that God didn't want him to do, which is really ironic because that's what he was so mad at the Ninevites for doing, wasn't it? Because they were running from God and far from God. They were doing what they shouldn't do. They were not doing what they should do. They were disobedient. And he said, that's why they don't deserve God's grace. And here he's in the belly of the whale. Why? Because he had done the very same things. There are times that God brings us down to these places of chaos and where all of the the defenses and the arguments and the comfort and everything that distracts us is stripped away. And we find out, you know what? (laughs) I'm no better than that. That's me. I need God's salvation the same as they do. Why does he bring us there? Because There's sometimes that we can be really, really arrogant about our faith. We can be really judgy about other people. We can be really self-righteous when we look at, you know, the people that God has us uh, working with or living next to or, or, and and we say, I'm so much better than them. And, And God knows that Jonah is there to bring the Ninevites, the people of Nineveh, to bring them his, the message of his salvation, the same salvation. They need salvation the same way that Jonah does. And until he sees that, he is not even gonna have the, he's not gonna have the humility to just bring it, to bring that message the way, and to speak it the way it needs to be spoken, to share it the way it needs to be shared. You know, we can get so proud sometimes because of our accomplishments for God, right? Because of our, our advancement in our faith, because of our maturity, spiritually, and we can get to the place that we feel like, that we feel like we're, um, we're above speaking to some people. We're above, we can, we can look with, we, we feel like we're almost in that place with God that we're sitting up there going, oh yeah, those people are pretty bad, right? And God says there are times that um, we are not useful to God if we have that kind of arrogance. If we don't have the humility that allows us to see, you know what, we're not offering you a salvation. We are not, we're not blessed because we're so good, right? We're not saved because we're so, we've advanced so far. It's always God's grace, isn't it? It's always God's grace. And Jonah had to, Jonah had to learn that or else he couldn't even bring the message of salvation to the people of Nineveh. But the third one is this. Third one that I think we see clearly in the story and that we find that when Jonah's in the belly of the whale, what he's faced with 
is, you know, it is not until we are faced with this unavoidable and this all-consuming, just surrounding, just immersive kind of environment where everything, everywhere we turn, it, it just is all falling apart. In that moment, we, we can't avoid seeing that we cannot do this on our own. You know, this, we need some, something or someone bigger than ourselves, not just to thrive, because sometimes we think that God just helps us do better in our lives, but we need God just to survive. We need God at the foundation of our lives, not just as an add-on, like a nice little room off to the side that we go to visit every once in a while. And Jonah needs to see that he's gonna need God at the very, at the very bottom. You know, sometimes... Um, we often will we'll think that we succeed in our jobs or succeed in our marriages or succeed in our friendships or succeed in building strong companies or strong economies or succeed in our health or we have a great nation because we're just that smart, right? We're just that good. We're, we're, just, we're just that kind of organized and, 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 and talented and strong that we can bring that about. And what we miss is that at any moment, you guys, I mean, think about this. At, any, at every moment, there's a chaos that lurks just, just below the surface that can completely undo all of it. The past two years, we brushed up against one of those things, didn't we? And look at the crazy it brought into our lives. And that, was, that wasn't even the full force of what the, the, the damage that those kind of things can do. I mean, there, are, there is a chaos that is just below the surface that can just completely uh, upend and undo everything. Uh, the problem is um, for us is that if we thought about that every day, if we like focused on that, that it, we, we would live in terror. We'd probably be huddled up in the corner in a ball, just kind of shaking, going, I don't want to get you know, anxious and, and terror because it, it, my life could end tomorrow, Right? And so we try and ignore that. But wisdom in life is not denying that that exists. In fact, wisdom in life is acknowledging that that is always there, but that we have a God that is bigger than that. We have a God who takes chaos and he makes creation. So wisdom is not going through life pretending that we're not under threat because we absolutely are every single day and it's not far away. And sometimes it takes God taking us into the place. Do you realize that is what the whole book of Job is about? It's Job coming to terms with the fact that one, chaos is out there. Two, God, God is bigger than that. And three, God is constantly at work. That's what keeps us from being separated and sucked into it every single moment. We live in a day that we think we have it all figured out, don't we? We live in a day that we think we don't need God anymore because we have the charts and the equations and we have the, the, the tech that, that keeps chaos at bay. We live in a day that we think we don't need God for our survival. We just need God for the exercise. It's good to have him around. So we pray to God for like 
to make our life better, but we basically have all the, the stuff in order that, that keeps, keeps life kind of moving forward. And all it takes is this little virus to break out of China, and all of a sudden, all that's up for grabs, right? It shuts the world down. All it takes is for our health to take a dive, and all of a sudden, all that's up for grabs. Just randomly, our life starts crumbling around us or our children go off the rails, or you know, it, it doesn't take much. And we realize, you know what? I need something bigger than me, not just to thrive, but even to survive. And God knows that he wants to be in that place in our lives. He wants to be the one who is essential to us for our very life not just the one that comes along and kind of adds the goodies on the top, not the, the whipped cream, and the right? So God brings Jonah to the belly of the whale because sometimes it's only in the belly of the whale that you realize how much you need God. So why does, why does God allow Jonah to get to that space? Is it because he doesn't love him? No. It's because he doesn't see him anymore? No, in fact, God brings Jonah to that place because he loves him. And he brings him. He's not only sees him, he's guiding him because he knows that Jonah needs to be someone that he cannot make himself into. He needs to be someone beyond who he is, but beyond his own capability to make himself into. You guys, God loves you more than you even love yourself. God knows and understands you better than you know and understand yourself. And God wants for you more and better than you even want for yourself. Not always what you want for yourself because he wants better for you than you want for yourself. We can get very short-sighted in our, in our desires and our, our cravings, and our, but God wants for us more and better than we even want for ourselves. Jonah reminds us that sometimes it takes getting to the end of ourselves. Sometimes it takes seeing our gaps, seeing our brokenness. Sometimes it takes getting to that place where we see we need more than just us. We need, we need God. And it reminds us that we need to see that if we're going to become the person that God wants us to be. If we're going to be that person that can carry out that purpose that we know is in us and that God has called us to fulfill. And so there are times that God knows that the only place that we'll see that is when life is underwater. When everything gets stripped away. We're in the belly of the whale. You guys, that's what the cross is about, isn't it? Right? We meet, we meet Jesus in that very unsettling, uncomfortable place where he says, okay, come and die with me. And we really, we try and make that as, as, as um, nice and comfortable as possible. Well, he didn't really mean die. No, he's inviting us into this very, very unsettling kind of a place. That kind of a place where we come to the end of ourselves. That kind of place where we are, we're face-to-face with our own failures and our shortcomings and our sin and our rebellions, 
He, he places us in that place, in that place where we see that, you know what, I cannot save myself here. You have to save me. You have to be the foundation for me. That's, that's what Jesus is all about. That's what the message of the gospel is all about. And we see it in the book of Jonah. Because in the, the book of Jonah, we see as in the belly of the whale or at the cross or at that place of where everything's underwater, God's desire is for you to become the person that he designed you to be, that he called you to be, that he created you to be, that child of God, that, that reflector of his, I mean, of his very glory and his image in this world. That person that can, that can accomplish amazing things, not because of what you bring, but because of what God brings in you and what he, what he makes you to be, what he creates you in that space to be. So by the time we get to the end of this part of the story of Jonah, listen to what happens in, at the end of verse two or at the end of chapter two, chapter two, verse 10, and going into chapter three, through verse three of chapter three. It says, so the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. Now that's the part that kids usually love that part of the story because it uses the word vomit. And they go, I didn't know that was in the Bible. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, the great city. Same thing he said the first time. Proclaim to it the proclamation which I'm going to tell you. So Jonah arose, like I said the first time, but listen to what he does. And he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. It was a very different outcome. Same kind of setup, but very different outcome. Why? Because Jonah was a different person when he came out of that fish than when he went in. Right? Everything had changed. Now, he wasn't perfect. We're going to find that out by the, end of the, by the end of the book. But he wasn't perfect. But he was now the kind of person that would go and do the thing that God wanted him to do because he had been changed into the kind of person who could. The kind of person who saw his own gaps, who saw his own sin, who saw how important, how essential God was, not just to the frills of life, but to life itself. And so he went. Now, a couple of things I just want to draw out of this. One is, you notice it says, the Lord commanded the fish and it, you know, it vomited Jonah onto the beach, right? How thankful do you think Jonah was that that fish listened to God the first time, right? Right? Can you imagine if the fish is like, nah, I'm not, I'm not interested, God. I'm, and he went running and then we'd have the Jonah fish story, you know, and then, okay, that's beside the point. I thought you guys would like that, but maybe you don't. Okay, um, but second is this. It says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. How awesome is it to know that even when we mess up, that God comes back and speaks to us the second time and the third time and the fourth time. I don't know if you guys have had that experience, but I know I have. That by his grace, he comes back and he keeps calling us back. Why? Because he is absolutely committed to us being the, t the person that he intended for us to be and for us having the opportunity to, <laughs> to see the amazing things he will do through us. You guys, do you imagine? I mean, we're gonna find out next week, we're gonna find out just how amazing the, this thing was that happened, that, that Jonah was able to, I mean, Jonah was the, the, the key to this thing that God was doing in, the, in this huge city. 
It, it was such, a, it's such an amazing occurrence that this story has come down to us because the change in Jonah, not just because the change in Jonah was dramatic, but because of what God was able to do after that. And those are the type of things that God calls us to do. That's the type of people God calls us to be. Isn't it, isn't it awesome to know that God comes back a second and third time after we've messed it up? Amen? His grace. So when your life is underwater, what do we, what do, we do? First, know that God is always with you. He doesn't leave you. It may feel like he doesn't see you anymore, but he is right there. Why? Because he is even using the worst of circumstances you can imagine to make you the person, create you into the person that you are meant to be so that you can accomplish that thing that he has meant you to accomplish. The thing that is just wired into you, that thing you desire to, the person you desire to be and the thing you desire more than anything to to become and to do. So uh, first, know that God is always with you. Second, know that sometimes... Not always. Sometimes God is actually the one who throws you into the chaos. Now, does that mean that God is the one that creates the horrible situation? No, I didn't say that. But sometimes God is, is the one who throws you into the chaos so that he could, because that's where he needs to do his work. You guys realize that not only um, is chaos the place for us to best, best have that work done, but you look at Genesis 1, Man, God is at his best when he's making beautiful things out of chaos, isn't he? So there are times that he will take you and throw you into chaos because of what you need to become. And that is the place that he can create that, that new person. That, again, that's why he brings us to the cross because we have to be undone to become the type of people that can be his sons and daughters and to carry his message and to do his work in this world. And we need to realize that. So knowing that, that sometimes he's the one that threw you in there, when you're in it, look for those places and say, God, you know, is this a place you brought me? Is it because I need to know, I need to recognize what these gaps are? I need to recognize that end of myself, where that is. Is it because I need to come face to face with this, this sin, this brokenness, this rebellion that's actually in me so that you can deal with it? Is it because uh, I need to recognize that you're not just a side kind of part of my life, but you are the foundation. You are the center of everything for me. Um, ask the good questions when you're, in those, when you're in those times. But third also, um, don't fear the chaos. Don't fear the chaos. You know, we talked about two weeks ago, we talked about, or actually about three, four weeks ago, we talked about how God's the one, when he, when he created the world, he created first the chaos because it was like the clay that he was gonna make everything out of. Don't fear the chaos as if this is the thing that shows that God has finally met his match. It isn't. Don't fear the crazy when it comes in because God is working through it. Notice when Jonah, that when Jonah prayed, that it says when he finally, both at the beginning and the end of that prayer that we looked at, it says, it says Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Even though he said it looked like God was not seeing him he said, you have, he, he, he also got to the point that he realized, you know, God has not, I, I don't have to fear this. God is still with me in this. He is working this. He is doing something good in me. So don't fear the chaos. Don't fear what you see because you can know that God is always working. Even, 
even when your life, when everything seems to be underwater, God is still working in you and through you. And he's working to make you more like his son, Jesus, more like his son so that you can reflect his glory, that you can accomplish his purposes, that you can bring, just make him known in this world.